Welcome back to the Defining Moments Podcast. On today's episode, we continue our eight-part series on leadership through adversity with Senior Chief Tom George, CEO of Quarterback Impact Academy. Today, we focus on his relationship with his mom, his sister, and how their leadership through adversity shaped his life. This episode is brought to you by CMM Financial Services. At CMM, we know how hard it is to find someone who knows and cares enough to create the tax and wealth plan that you deserve. After walking alongside hundreds of clients for the past 20 years with accounting, bookkeeping, tax strategy, and financial planning, we have created a proven system to help you reach your financial goals. CMM has your complete financial team to reach your financial goals. Book a call at cmmfinancialservices.com. So eight years old, third grade, We're, we're in Hawaii, we're kind of moving. We're, my mom wanted us to move forward and Hawaii was home, so we weren't. That was home, right? That was, we weren't going anywhere else. That was, uh, that was our place um, for the next 10 years of my life. Um, and it was, uh, if you understand the island of Hawaii, it's, <clears throat> It's a unique culture and perspective of, you know, the word Ohana family, right? And uh, it, it really is. Everything is, is this centered around family and culture and, 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 and being good to each other and taking care of your neighbor and the things that we, talk, we try to talk about every day. So, you know, growing, growing up in Hawaii was good for me because when you grow up in Hawaii, you don't really you're not in tune to the adversities of the country on the mainland. It's almost like you're not even, you're not even a part of the United States of America because really you're not in tune to that. And you know, I was at a point in my life where um, you know, I started getting older and, and I started getting into sports. Um, and I, I became very productive in, in football. Um, and I was, you know, I was, I was blessed because, you know, it's not like today where you have private coaches and nor would have my mom been able to, to afford it. But we, there, there, was no, there was never this cliche of work extra hard to go to college to play football. That was never the goal. Um, like it is so many young people today or whatever sport it is. Like those were never the goals, right? The, as I got older, I played football during football season. I played basketball during basketball season and I played baseball during baseball season. Regardless of how good it was, that's what, that's what my mom signed me up to do to keep me um, productive, to keep me kind of understanding to being active you know, it was kind of a generation where, um, which, you know, you got up at eight in the morning and, and you went to the park and hung out with your friends and you came home for dinner, right? When the, when it got dark. And so it was, that's how I grew up. I, I, uh, I never knew anything different. Like my mom, when we didn't have food, she figured out ways to be productive. So we had food, right? Like we always had rice. We always had a protein, um, and I knew she was 
she's still at this point in her life, I've never seen my mom work a nine to five job. Um, but she was strong, like she was, she figured out a way and she figured out ways without making excuses or using it against her. We were always moving forward. So I grew up in a house where the two strongest people in my life were my mom and sister. My sister had to learn to be an adult at eight. She had to take care of me when she was eight because my mom was traveling and doing things to, to put food on the table. You know, so the strongest two people in my life were my mom and sister. And to this day, like, I'll never forget that. Um, and again, like the, the eternal strength of, of accepting what you have and being grateful for it instead of complaining about what you don't has always been simple to me. I feel like it's very hard in this country and I don't understand why, but I've always been grateful for what I have instead of complaining about what I don't have. You know, so for me, when I talk about, there's gonna be people that see this that are kind of think that I went through a lot and, and they're gonna to attest it to adversity and, and trials and tribulations and, I, like, I don't see it that way, and I never have. That's why I don't tell the story, because I don't think it's an unusual story. Because I think people go through trials, they, they may be measured differently, but at the end of the day, the person I became from those trials is, I, do it all, I, I would do it over again. Um, and, and I was, I was just fortunate to have two strong women in my life that, that made it clear to me that like it's okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know it's a funny story because the Vietnamese culture is very, um, it's very unfiltered. Um, and I I remember, I'm playing in a high school basketball game and. I was, I was kind of a, you know, I'm six foot, six one, and I, like I wasn't the guy to go get 20, right? I was the guy to use my files on the big guy and kind of, I was the tough guy down low, right? And uh, I remember, after, and, and I had just got done with football season where we were really good and I excelled and my, my mom would come to my football games and cheer me on. And I remember it was like the fifth basketball game of the season and the game was over. And after every game, she would make me jaya, a Vietnamese dish, right? And uh, er almost after every game. And I came home and it was more, like it was, a, like it, it was like a buffet, it was more. And I'm like, hmm. And my mom looked at me and, and I just want you to understand, she, she's not a quitter, nor am I, right? But she looked at me and she said, honey, uh, I think maybe you should quit basketball, right? And, and I, re I remember and I looked at her and I'm like, I'm like, why? And she's like, because you're not very good, honey. And, and I remember 
she was dead serious and she basically <laughs> looked me in the face and told me that I was not very good at basketball and <laughs> but it was what I needed to hear like yeah. it was real it was reality right like I, I don't like I didn't need her to sugarcoat it because she was my mom if you want truth you should get it from your parents yeah. um, and uh, you know I, I grew up that way my mom my mom didn't didn't cut corners she didn't she didn't sugarcoat things for me and my sister almost to a fault but it's what we needed to hear and it's what made us it's what allowed us to get through adversity in our situations in life because at the end of the day we didn't think it was bad and I just wish that was that was kind of how we all lived, right? We, like, nothing was, it wasn't offensive to me that she was telling me the truth, you know? Like, uh, like I, I, I didn't go home and, oh my God, my mom was mean to me. Like, that, that never crossed my mind. It was, it was, you know, maybe she's telling the truth, you know? Um, and it was funny, because Vietnamese people are so real, as you can attest, that I, I don't think she came to another game, because she was like, you're not good, son, you know? So I, uh, I've always admired my mother for being completely honest with me. Um, and and I, I try to do the same, um, which in today's society does not, you know, it, it's received a little bit different, um, which I've never understood because I would, I would never take offense to somebody telling me the complete truth. Um, and I think people are afraid of the truth because it leads to them having to be accountable and do something about the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So when you tell people the truth, they, the immediate reaction and the immediate guard is, that offends me. Well, it doesn't really offend you. What you're saying is you don't want to fix it. You don't want to be accountable for your faults. So instead of being accountable, the best thing you could say is, well, that offends me. And, uh, un, you know, that, that's not how I was brought up. Um, and that's not who I am today. You know, so um, that honesty is something I, I, I got from my sister and mom. Um, you know, my sister worked a job. She, she paid for college on her own, working hard. She was, um, she was my best friend, one of the strongest women in the world, and she still continues to be today. Um, and she still continues to be my best friend. And, uh, and you know, my mom is, was so strong. It was a women, woman figure that I looked up to growing up. And, and this is probably going to offend some people, but it wasn't because she was a woman. It was because she was a strong human being that lived life the right way. And she did it without accepting mediocrity and without complaining and without making excuses and without... She had every reason to teach us to be victims and she didn't. And she never had to say, respect me because I'm a woman. She commanded it. 
Um, you know, so for me, that, that has allowed me to, to grow up the way I did. And what's unique is, regardless of how I played the game of football or any other sport, one thing that was always humbling to me was my coaches always wanted me to be a team captain. You know, so I was, I was humbled that regardless of, I, I wasn't the best player on the field, I was, I was always surrounded by guys that were more talented than me, but um, my coaches always leaned on me to be a team captain. But what was unique is almost every time players would vote for team captains and, 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 and I would be fortunate enough to get voted for, um, even though I wasn't necessarily the best player on the field. And I think Coach Scott Chan was my high school football coach growing up in Hawaii. And he did an article in the, like the Honolulu Advertiser. And I remember he was talking about his team captains. And this was my junior year in high school. And they went through, we had six team captains, I remember. Three offense, three defense. And the newspaper wanted statistics and why, right? So he went through five and I was left. And, and, and I remember it to this day. Um, and he said, he called me Tommy. So growing up in Hawaii, I was Tommy, right? Tommy George, I was Tommy, <laughs> right? So I remember him saying, when it comes to Tommy George, I don't wanna give you statistics because what he does for us is the team responds to him. So there's no statistic for his measurement of leadership for our football team. So I think I'm doing him an injustice by talking about statistics because he does so much more and our team follows him. You know, and, and, and I, have, I, I don't save a lot of articles, but I actually have that article um, from the newspaper and you know, I've taken, I, I, I've taken that with me, and, uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but, you know, leadership is a unique quality, and uh, you don't have to have the highest rank or be the best player or be the loudest guy in the room. Like, man, if you inspire people and you do it the right way and, and they see that you work hard and that you're not just talking about it and that you care about their well-being to the point where they believe in you and that they're willing to, to take the field and play hard for you. You know, you can affect lives through leadership. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a quality that has always been good to me. And, and, and it's something that I've always leaned on is my ability to, to affect human beings through my leadership. Senior Chief, if you could use three words to describe first your sister, which three words would you use? Man, my sister, um, first of all, I can describe her in, in a lot of things, but you know, for both of my mom and my sister, strength, internal strength, and I know that's two words, but strength, um, and I don't mean regular strength. I mean strength when it's hard. 
And what I mean by that is everybody is strong when things are good, but not everybody is strong when it's hard. And when it got bad, they were my rock. Like, they were my rock. They were so strong to the point that I didn't even know things were bad. And that's such a leadership quality in itself. So strength, you know, she's, she grew up quick. You know, sometimes I, sometimes it upsets me because I feel like I took away her childhood. Like she couldn't, she couldn't be a young lady that played and, and did young lady things because she was too busy being my older sister. You know, so perseverance. Um, you know, and, and, and the last thing I would say about my sister is like, she's got so much compassion for life. Like, she's got compassion. She's got so much compassion for family, for life, and for being a good mother. She has her priorities in line. It's, don't ever mistake in my sister's priorities. You know, so I would say strength, perseverance, and compassion. What about your mom? You know, my mom, uh, my mom's a pit bull, man. I know you're looking for specific words, but my mom's a badass. She will set you straight with a quickness, um, which is a quality I've learned from her that not a lot of people appreciate. But uh, uh, strength, of course. Um, you know, I, I, I have to use some, some of the similar qualities, perseverance, just because of the things she has been through along the way and the, and, and the, the path she's taken us on and she's been able to prevail. Um, we good? Yeah. Okay. And you know, my mom is a, a word which will, like she's, she's compassionate, but in a different way than my sister. Um, She's compassionate about the little things in life that keep things going. Um, I hear this too, so I'm stopping, but. Yeah, don't, okay. don't stop okay. it. If it's bad, I'll stop you. And, uh, and, and the reason I say that is because I think we get so caught up in the big things that happen in life that we forget that there's a million little things that, that lead up to that big thing. And she never missed the little things. And I think we do, I think we do, right? We miss the little things because we talk about the big things, but the little things is what's gonna get you there. And uh, you know, so for all three of them, I know it's probably not the right answer, but you know, it's, uh, um, and, and I take it back, I do courage. Yeah, I, I apologize for my mom, courage. Like, she's not afraid of anything, she's, probably the strongest human being I've ever been around. Um, and she's the reason why my sister and I are who we are today. Um, and we've all got flaws, but it, it, seeing that every day, uh, it, it's, it's exactly why I'm the guy I am today. Yeah. Yeah. If your dad, was sitting right here with you, what would you talk about?
I would, I would, I would apologize. You know, it's, it's lunch. Yeah, that's the reason it's, it's lunch time. So people are here. You know, I would, I would, I would tell him I'm sorry. And I wouldn't apologize for me. I'd apologize for the actions of this country. I think it's disgraceful. Um, I would tell him that I loved him. Um, I would tell him that I forgave him. And I would remember to tell him that although I didn't show up at times for him, and I, I've always loved my dad, man. Always. Yeah. Well, Senior Chief, I know you're a very direct man, which I appreciate. And so I want to be direct with you. I appreciate you, uh, the courage that you displayed to come and talk with us today. And thank you for your service to our great country. Appreciate thank you for the brotherhood. Welcome home, and I love you. Love you too, brother. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Defining Moments Podcast. We hope you enjoyed episode two of Leadership Through Adversity. Next week in part three, Senior Chief George talks about learning leadership in his early military career. For more Defining Moments podcast content, visit our webpage, www.undefeated.show. Follow us at Def Moments Pod on Twitter and at Defining Moments Podcast on Instagram.